America is in trouble. We've turned our backs on God, forsaken our history, and too easily succumbed to tyrannical orders. Our problem seems overwhelming, but the solution is simple. It's time we return to the Lord in strict adherence to the Constitution of the United States. Welcome to the Constitution Solution, one podcast under God. We're your hosts, Mark Deluzio and Christy Tyrone. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome to episode eight of the Constitution Solution, one podcast under God. I got my host here, Christy Tyrone, partner in crime, Mark Deluzio, calling from Arizona. We're both in Arizona. And uh, Christy, how are you doing today? Pretty good. Ready to save America again. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Uh, so today what are we, we talking about today? Well, we're going to talk about the fourth, what we call the fourth branch of government. Okay. And there's a lot to talk about here today. Uh, as yeah, you know. and in in that fourth fourth branch of government, so we're probably going to have a lot to cover there. So, would you think maybe this would be like the introduction to that topic? And this we'll will be, able be to an intro. More? Yes, it will be an intro. Maybe we'll call it that because there's so much to talk about. There's so many things going on with what we call the fourth branch of government. Today, mm-hmm. I think I want to go through the history of how this all came to be. Okay. And and to me, it was a turning point of this country, quite frankly, way back into 1913. But as we move forward, and I think you made the point earlier that some of these agencies that have been created, which are unconstitutional, are the vehicle in which our freedoms are being taken away. And I thought your idea of going into some of the major ones like Department of Ed and uh, CDC of late, we all pretty close to that one with, with COVID and some others, to talk specifically how they are taking our, our freedoms away. And I'll, I'll frame that up in this in this episode and talk about the history as to how we got where we are today. Heard it. Yeah, yeah. Because I think, I think you made a good point before in terms of, hey, there, we could probably do a whole podcast on just, the, on just this aspect of the Constitution. Uh, but uh, there's so much to talk about. So, well, let me start, Christy. Uh, when you, when you go when you go back to the year 1913 now people have asked me hey mark what do you think the worst year was in the history of america and you could point to all these big wars that we've had you can talk you know you, but i look at 1913 why this guy named woodrow wilson who's the father of the progressive movement and i'll get into that in a minute was elected president it was the year that we enacted the, the Federal Reserve Act, where the Federal Reserve came into play. And by the way, we will do a whole episode on the Federal Reserve, at least one, okay? And it was also the year that the 16th Amendment was put in with, as you know, gave Congress the right to tax income. Now, there will be a whole episode on that, too, to talk about whether or not we think that's an unconstitutional amendment, which flies in the face of uh, the Fifth Amendment, and, uh, and and it also flies in the face of uh, the Fourteenth uh, Amendment to some degree. So those will all be separate issues, but they all kind of emanated out of this year, 1913. All these things came out, and some of the other things that happened during those year uh, during this time frame when when Wilson was president. Now. 
you got to understand that Congress can amend the Constitution, not the president, right? Yes. And but but a lot of this was was spewed out of Wilson's philosophy of government. You know, for example, he is the one that initiated the the League of Nations, were turned into the tyrannical uh, uh, tyrannical uh, globalism, if you will, with the United Nations and everything else going on. It's kind of like the spark, if you will, when you look at that. Look at the Federal Trade Commission he enacted. Of course, the IRS was set up back then. By the way, our tax law back then was one page, uh, and it was 1%. Well, it was 1% of anybody over $4,000, and then it went to 2%. And, yeah, that's a big deal, 2%. Now, that's a that's 100% increase in taxes, okay, uh, if you do the math. he's you know, Prohibition came into play under his under his uh his reign, and to their credit, the 19th Amendment, the woman's right to vote came in, which I don't believe we needed a 19th Amendment. Women already have the right to vote. But uh, anyway, they had to put that in as a amendment, and I think we're going to do a podcast on that, aren't we? Yes. Yeah. What we'll say about that one. Right. Uh, he promoted segregation within the federal government because he thought it would be more productive if we kept blacks and whites separate. Now, he did all this kind of stuff, right? Um, so there's a lot to say, and maybe we should do a whole episode on World War Wilson, but I would have to say, Christy, that this is where big government got its start. Okay. And let me, let me, let me just start off with a quote that Wilson had. He had several, but I'll just pick one here that I think is pretty interesting. The trouble with the theory of limited and divided government. Now, let's just talk about what that is. That is the three branches and the separation of powers. We had a whole episode on that way back when. The trouble with the theory, the theory, he says, yeah. he called this a theory, Not a, it's, it's the law. It's not a theory. Good start. The trouble, well, let me just read the whole thing and I'll get back to this. The trouble with the theory of limited and divided government is that government is not a machine, but a living thing. This is where the living and breathing constitution comes from. This is, by the, so, end of quote, there's more, but this is the, the pertinent part of it. This is where the notion of progressive come from. When somebody says they're a progressive, and that's a great name, right? I mean, wow, of course, he's progressive. He's state-of-the-art. She's state-of-the-art. They're moving latest, ahead. Latest, greatest. They're, they're latest and greatest. They're coming up with all these great things. You want to know at the bottom line, if I was on an elevator and I only had 12 seconds to talk to you and you wanted my definition of progressive, somebody who has a disdain to the Constitution. Yeah, period. go to change it. Get off yep. the floor and move on, right? Okay, uh, seriously, that's that's yeah. what a progressive is. Well, that whole living, breathing comment there, uh, people say that to this day, all the, the little the college kids and stuff. That's that's. I didn't know that he was the originator of that terrible wilson was the originator of the progressive movement he's the father of progressivism now you you know when you when you look at this and i I think i said this on the last podcast i was with a young college student who was really smart kid she was a really smart kid but as reagan said there's so much that she knew that wasn't so okay and she thought the Constitution was a suggestion, basically. We don't really have to follow it. First of all, it's so old. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, what about the Bible? You know. Um, 
it's so old and it's also uh the the constitution was written by a bunch of white white old white slave owners and that invalidates it i guess right so so when you look at when you look at what they're teaching kids in college today it's a, it's it's a, it's a crime it's an actual crime so I, I, I reminded her, I said, look, the, the Constitution is not a suggestion, and it's not up for debate. And if there is a debate, that's why we have the Supreme Court. However, it's the law. It's the, it's law. the law. It's the law. And then the episode we did prior on um, Republic versus democracy and really digging into what republicanism is um, as a form of government, it's not just a theory. It is an actual system that's put in place that shapes our laws and the whole entire way that our nation operates. So to reference it as a theory is a really, it's, it's not only uh, dangerous, but it's, it's, it's a weak position, you know, that's like flip flippant and it can just change all the time. And that leads to the whole idea of democracy, right? Like it's a very whimsical impassion-based position that he's taking with that statement. Well, you know, but you know, it had a lot of impact on this country. It really did. And, and, uh, and so what we call the administrative state where Wilson thought that we needed more government control, not less counter to the founders notion of what this country was framed as, we needed more government control, and we needed to do it through the agencies, the agency state, the administrative state. We needed to have agencies. Now, he he appointed what's called the Federal Trade Commission, and he put a lot of antitrust laws in place way back when. So he wanted to control the economy. He wanted to control people. He wanted to have the government manage the country through these agencies. Now, as you know, when you're dealing with an agency, who do you call if you don't like a policy? Nobody cares. Nobody that answers the phone knows or cares who you are or what matters to you. And it goes back, Christy, to what you talked about in the last episode about a republic. You have a representative that you can voice your opinion to. Government comes closer to the people in this regard. And then, of course, we've got the Tenth Amendment that says anything not enumerated in the Constitution— is left to the states or to the people. People. Right? Now, we did an episode on the enumerated powers. There are 17 of them, I believe, if I can recall correctly. And these enumerated powers are the powers given to Congress to write laws. Which, by the way, Article uh, 1 is half of the Constitution. Remember that? Half of the Constitution is just based on what Congress can and can't do. Right? So... When you look at how Wilson actually thought that we needed more control, we have to have all these agencies, that was the the fertile ground that was laid for future presidents like FDR, who to me was one of the worst damaging presidents in our nation. I mean, the things that he did, including interning U.S. citizens in internment camps, Japanese citizens, plus all kinds of other things, the Social Security Act, which was definitely unconstitutional. Uh, You know, you look at some of the things that he did, and 
it was all based on the the groundwork that Wilson laid. And then it carried on to people like, you know, Clinton and Obama and George Bush and, 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 you know, the Patriot Act and, and all these things were just like an open, a dam broke and water's flooding the town and nobody's stopping the dam. We're just adding more water to the lake. Right. So this is where our country, I believe, is losing its freedoms. So I really believe it. a pivotal point. Yeah, well, let's let's just go back to what you and I talked about in the previous episode. We we talked about the fact that the the the, the Congress, which includes the Senate, they pass laws. The president signs into law, or not, and we have a veto uh, instrument in our Constitution to veto, to actually override a veto, and then we have the Supreme Court who says, "Hey, wait a minute, that law is not constitutional." That's a, yeah. yeah, that's the checks and balances, okay? That's the checks and balances that we put into the government. Now, now let's think about this. Congress passes a law, and they say, well, you know what? We're going to set up an agency to manage this law. Now, this law might be a very broad law. So they set up an agency, let's say uh, the CDC, the Department of Education, the FDA, the EPA, OSHA. I can go on and on. There's so many of them. They're unconstitutional. And by the way, before I go on, why are they unconstitutional? Look into the Constitution, into the enumerated powers, and tell me where Congress should pass any law as it relates to health care. Tell me where there. Congress should pass any law as it relates to education. Matter of fact, Jefferson specifically wanted that out. Okay. Tell me where OSHA. Tell me where the environment, the Waters Act. Tell me where the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau, which right now is under scrutiny and is a court case in the Supreme Court, to potentially make that unconstitutional. Here's the problem with that, though. That one there is being being funded by the Federal Reserve, not by the U.S. government. So people say, well, that's it's constitutional because it's not being funded by taxpayer money. Okay. Um, and we'll get into the Federal Reserve someday because that is not a government agency. It's a, there are 12 separate independent corporations, independent banks. Uh, the FDA, the ATF, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. By the way, what do those three things have to do with each other? <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. right? Who clumped those together? Okay. Hopefully you're not drinking alcohol and firing your gun, you know, so. Tobacco, anyway. got a wad. Yeah. It's all, the, all the fun stuff. All the fun stuff. <laughs> but, you know, I, 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 and again, if it's not enumerated in the Constitution, the 10th Amendment says it's left to the states or to the people. I think we had a whole podcast on that. Now, so that means education should be a state's issue. That means how we manage our environment should be a state's issue. And on and on and on and on, right? And the beauty about that is if you don't like what's going on in a state, you can pick up and move, go to another state. Because yeah. the founders actually look at these states, that they're really technically nations. They're not states and not a union. They're independent nations. In that regard, federation, under a federal I think. law, it's, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so we could just take one of these agencies and break it down. We will. We'll take some of the big ones as we move forward in other future podcasts. But now let's think about how this works. Congress passes a law. They say, okay, well, we're going to set up the the uh, Environmental Protection Agency. Nowhere in the Constitution is the environment. 
enumerated, but they set it up, they pass a law, they set up this agency. Now, what happens in the agency? The people there are appointed by the executive branch. And for those of you in Rio Linda, that's the president. Okay. Uh, I'm going, I'm, I'm paraphrasing Rush Limbaugh. I, I so dearly miss him. And um, they set up this agency. He appoints all his honchos to run this thing. They hire their honchos to run this thing. Before you know it, you got a, a couple billion dollar agency going on. Yeah, beyond the the overreach and the the trouble it causes, just the fact that who the the expense of it in, alone is atrocious. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And 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 then what happens, Christy, as you know, is they write regulations. They're not laws. They're they regulations. they write regu- but they have the power of law because if you violate any one of these regulations, not only can you go to jail, they can take your house, they can take your money. These regulations have the power of law. Now, who controls these branches? The executive branch. They have the power now. The president now has the power to, in effect, write law. This is how we got DACA. This is how we got the law on CDC during COVID that said, hey, a landlord cannot evict anybody during COVID. And they ended up not paying their mortgage and losing their house. This is the kind of freedoms that are being taken away. These agencies are exactly what Wilson wanted. Exactly what he disdained. Wilson disdained the checks and balances between the three branches. It wasn't enough control for him. Through these agencies, you can circumvent the framers' vision of this country and the checks and balances that they put in and actually do what the hell you want. Now, you think about Congress. They don't have the guts to pass any laws that these regulations might represent because they get booted out of office tomorrow. So now they're clean. They're clean. Yeah, Nobody... so they don't have to answer to their voters when they're voted. There's no one for the voters to express their grievances to at that point. Exactly. And think about this, Christy. You just talked about uh, a representative government in a, in a republic, right? In the last episode. Who do you, who's representing you when it comes to an agency that passes a regulation that takes away your freedoms? Who do you call? 1-800-EPA? I don't know. Who do you call? There's nobody to talk to. Because... Now, think about it. If these congressmen actually passed laws that represented so, so many of these different regulations, they'd be put out of office tomorrow. Right? Yeah. You see, so you see how it works? Inform, inform votership. They would be like, hey, we don't like this. You're out of here. So you got the executive branch, Christy, actually writing law. That's what this is all about. And this is where we're losing our freedoms. This is where mm-hmm. we're losing everything. You so think Woodrow about Wilson started that. And you think about the character that goes behind that. I don't I haven't studied him. I don't know a lot about him really at all. I have a, I have a little flashcard here that kind of says a little bit about he was the New Jersey governor from 1911 to 1913. Yep. He was the only president to earn a PhD. Oh, well, there's that. First to hold regular presidential conferences. He won the 1919 Nobel Peace Prize for creating the League of Nations, as you said. And he expanded the role of government during World War One. Yes, he did. That's what he's known for. He was also president yeah. of Princeton University. Oh. Yep. Yep. Uh, at one time. He was so also, you just he... think about like the character that would want that, that would want to deface our republic and everything that we're built on and to just and 
it really makes me question the condition of the people. And I just, I want to learn so much more about this now. Cause like, what was, was there outrage? Were the voters upset about this? Was there protest? No, or- no, no. And, and let me, a little corollary to the income tax that got put in with the 16th amendment. We had a flat tax in late 1800s, believe it or not. Okay. We had a flat tax. And we also had tariffs and all kinds of other consumption taxes, right? Well, the flat tax was ruled unconstitutional by the Supreme Court. And the reason was that, and we'll get more into this when we talk about the 16th Amendment, the flat tax did not apportion the taxes based on state population. It was ruled unconstitutional. So if you go back to... uh, if you go back into the Constitution and you talk about you talk about uh, Article One, Section Nine, it says no tax shall be levied unless in proportion to the census or enumeration herein before uh, directed to be taken. In other words, going to the states, let's say that uh, Connecticut had ten percent of the population. Well, then ten percent of the tax needed to come from Connecticut. Okay, that's how they did it. In this case, that's why the the flat tax was ruled unconstitutional because they did not do that. They, they based it on the individual, okay, what they earned. Well, when it came to the 16th Amendment, the law says does not have to be in proportion or enumerated based on the states. It does not have to be. The 16th Amendment, to me, violates Article 1, Section 9. All right? And so, so, but... But most of the people were in favor of that simply because they thought the flat tax was unfair. And believe it or not, even back then, they talked about this phrase called fair share. Uh, Isn't that something? You learn how long ago this stuff started. This isn't new, Christy. This isn't new, Mm -hmm. okay? Now, Wilson was all in favor of this. And the 16th Amendment got passed. Most of America wanted the 16th Amendment. Can you imagine that? Most of America wanted it ratified, and they got it. They got the income tax, and the the IRS was created, another fourth branch of government, another three-letter agency. Okay. You see how this works? Which is is interesting, too, because you think about, and this is something we we just really need to be on top of as as informed voters, like, just because something sounds good in premise, and you're like, I like that, I agree with that, that sounds like a good idea, but you need to think about how that can be flipped against you, how that platform can be used just as easily for something you don't like, you know? So you have to be willing to sacrifice on those things sometimes like, okay, that might, that sounds good now, but if it was used for this, it would be bad. So I don't think a lot of people don't do that. They just focus on their, their current interest there. And uh, it's so tricky. And, And is it constitutional, right? Right, right. Well, thought is required, right? And you, you <laughs> heard starters. Well, you know, deeper than just what you might see on the headlines, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you know, when I was running for Congress up in your district, I was asked a question quite a bit. Uh, two two questions came up all the time. Mark, what do you think about the flat tax? All my opponents in the debate, oh, we love the flat tax. Everybody thinks it's going to be seventeen percent, like Steve Forbes. I said, what if the flat tax is seventy percent? Okay. Yeah. I said, I'm not willing to talk about how we're going to tax people until we figure out how much we're taxing them. 
our budget has to come down. We have to reduce spending. 60 or 70% of our of our budget is unconstitutional. Okay? And we'll do we'll do that math someday more specifically and, and call all that out. The other thing I got asked all the time was, uh, Mark, what do you think about a balanced budget? Well, first of all, if you don't raise the debt ceiling, you don't have to worry about a balanced budget because you won't have the money to spend. Stop. It's over, right? Well, I said, what if the budget is balanced at $8 trillion, $10 trillion? Well, they expect the government's expecting $10 trillion worth of taxes from you to balance their spending appetite. Wow. So it's just a, a charming title. For a deceitful people maneuver. don't think these things through okay the there and the, there are no silver bullet solutions except for our title constitution solution if we follow the constitution most of our problems will be solved christy back to the basic principles back to the basics so this is what we're talking about so we've allowed our government to get away from us in a couple different ways the income tax the federal reserve and especially going off the gold standard now, we're allowed to print money, which is the definition of inflation. I think we talked about that in our constitutional economics class, right? When yes. you expand the money supply, that is inflation. Not the the result is prices go up. Okay, uh, so we talked about that. If you if you want to get more into that, go back to that episode early on in our uh, I forget which one it was, and then and then this whole fourth branch of government or somebody. Uh, has cloned the uh, ABC agencies, right? Yeah, all these, totally. un- and there's a long list of unconstitutional agencies. So I'm a, I'm a member, I'm a life member of the John Birch Society, and they've done an awful lot of work in this space in terms of preserving the Constitution, and looking at the actual agencies that just don't marry up to the Constitution, and that's a lot of them, a lot of them. I mean, almost yeah. most of them. All right. of them, right? Because um, there's three this is where well, Homeland home Security, Homeland Security, you might argue, is constitutional because it's the government's job to protect us. But the Patriot Act, in particular, was a very unconstitutional, uh, amend, you know, uh, bill that took a lot of our rights away. You know, by the way, one of these days, you and I got to do something about uh, a podcast on all these cameras that are out on every street corner. And whether or yeah, not that's a violation of privacy, privacy, license plate readers, uh, cameras, right? I really want to get into that and do a little bit more research to find out. But anyway, getting off track here, I wanted to give everybody a little bit of history to sum this up, that Woodrow Wilson really sparked what's going on today with all this, this confiscation that door. freedom. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, I don't think Wilson was a bad guy. I don't think he had ill intent. I really don't. This was his political belief, which I vehemently opposed to, and so do you, I know. I don't think he was one of those guys saying, hey, I'm a globalist. Maybe he was a globalist. I don't know. He started a League of Nations. I think he really was trying to do the right thing. He did have this liberal view that we have to have equality, okay, which you know doesn't work, and you know that's that's, going to be ruins for everybody. But nice, I guess nice ideas. And so many of these people do have nice ideas and they have their little flowers and rainbows and they want everyone to be everything to be fair and everyone to have stuff. And I mean, I guess like on the on a childish surface, all that stuff sounds really nice. But the how to, once you get into the how to, it 
it becomes like the opposite of what America's made of that rugged individualism, you know, the free market economy, the being able to make your way according to your merit, you know, they kind of, you kind of have to oppose that to want these things. Well, I think, I think uh, as we move forward, we're going to call out some of these agencies. And the one I, my favorite one I want to start with is the department of education. Yeah. Uh, right. I think you do too, right. You homeschool your kids and, uh, and, and so is my, my grandkids are being homeschooled too. And the department of education is uh, probably one of the biggest ones that are ruining our country, ruining our families, ruining our children. So we could start there. But there's so many others to talk about as well. Well, yeah, because I think, I mean, I won't go too far into this because I could talk about it forever. But the, and I think you said on the last episode, the public school system is one of the biggest faults in our nation's failing here because of what's being taught. And if that's coming across from a federal level, reaching across the whole nation so that everybody's eating the same garbage, you know, that's, that's, well, that's how you ruin a nation. Exactly. And in strict violation of the Tenth Amendment. So, so. Well, and I wonder uh, that with this on this flashcard that I have here, where it says that he expanded Wilson expanded the role of government during World War One. Like, did he? A lot of times you see that, like when you see in the um, amendments of the Constitution, wartime changes the 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 face of the nation. Like after the Civil War, we have quite a few amendments. Here we have a few amend, you know, amendments and things, big things going on. Um, later, there's a few in the what, 60s or 70s or whatever. Um, but they kind of seem to amend the Constitution in chunks. So it's like when that's opened up, they do it. And and you just, oh, did I, I shut everything off here? Um, but you just see that kind of sums up the whole like crisis. Don't let a, let a, don't let a crisis go to waste kind of thing, you know, when you have people worried or concerned and things are kind of on the fringe and everybody's going to, you know, worried about their families and what's going on. That unstable ground really gives uh, bad guys the opportunity to swoop in with some supposed heroic act to rescue you from your fears and ruin everything in their way. Well, you know, we'll do, we'll do a, a, a podcast on that one, Christy, because I think the fifth amendment is a provision of course, in order to amend the constitution, and there are some proponents. Oh, fifth, even, Article five. You said sorry, fifth amendment. Fifth amendment. I'm sorry, fifth amendment. Article five. Sorry, mm-hmm. Article five is our provision to amend the, the Constitution. And even smart guys like Mark Levin are pushing for a convention of states. My fear, and so many other fear, and John Birch Society as well, our fear is that once we open it up for one thing, let's let's just say, for mm-hmm. example, we're going to open up the Constitution through uh, Article five to put in term limits and vote for that, okay? Well, the fear is the encroachment on other parts of the Constitution, like the Second Amendment, okay? Like the First Amendment. So I do not not want this generation to touch it. I don't really, (laughs) I'm kind of calling myself a original constitutionalist. I kind of like just those first few amendments, you know, the Bill of Rights and whatnot. Start getting into the other ones that I'm not really fond of any of them and um and so now i'm like yeah this generation just do not open it i don't trust us we are not informed enough we don't even know if we're a republic or a democracy you know people want to do away with the electoral college and 
the constitution's a living breathing thing like he said back then and people are still saying now like no keep it closed don't open it and um if ever it's to be tampered with again i just only could pray that we end up with a better voter base one day and a better um elected officials to maybe maybe go there by the way you just you just made me think of something Hmm. if these liberals for example and progressives think it is a living and breathing document why would they want to open it up with article (laughs) five right think about it yeah think about it you know and so you can't trust what's going on there are people say well no 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 they can't do that and all that well there's a lot of things we can't do as a government and we're doing it today including these agencies so i don't buy the fact that we have this law uh if there is one i haven't found one yet that says when you go in with the convention of states you have to go in with what you intended to go in with and you can't open it up to any other way any other uh you know part of the constitution i don't believe that will happen and so uh i'm really afraid of this now whether or not we get enough states to to request a convention is a whole other deal anyway so a lot to talk about uh but this is a little this is sum this up christy this is a little bit of history going back to wilson and how all this kind of came through the years and led us to where we are today where basically our government is overreaching in so many ways and most of the overreach has to do with these agencies that are unconstitutional controlled by the executive branch and uh and it's 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 not the way we were set up to work. So 1913 is the worst year in American history. I think so. Hey, let's go through it again. Wilson got elected president. We put in the income tax. And uh, the Federal Reserve Act was passed. Okay. Other than that, it was a great year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a bad start right there. I don't even want to think about the rest of it after that, right? Right, right, right. (laughs) Well, thanks for sharing that. That was some new news to me. So that's good stuff to think about. And it definitely makes me want to learn more. I have more questions now, which I think is a great thing to leave every one of these episodes with more to um, want to want to know. Hopefully, hopefully more questions than answers, right? And and, and the next time mm-hmm. the people that are listening hear somebody say they're progressive, you know now exactly what that's all about. Now I like it less than I did before. <laughs> you hated it before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Christy Tyrone, Mark Deluzio, thanks. This is episode eight, uh, the fourth branch of government. We'll have more on this, as we said, going forward, and we will see you next time. Bless. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Constitution Solution, one podcast under God. You can find other episodes on our website at 1787solution.com, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're your hosts, Christy Tyrone and Mark Deluzio. Until next time, may God bless you and may God bless America.